0: you need to know that there's you're a remnant you're a remnant people as I was driving home from Orlando last night especially going through the Disney area I realized just how dumb people are and you just need to celebrate that you're not dumb you should I do and the reason why I bring that up to you is There's only a certain breed of folk that are going to survive this place. And believe it or not, it has nothing to do with me. I mean, I am no harsher than Jesus was. And if you really read the Bible, he was way harsher than I was. And I've never told anybody to lop their testicles off like Paul did. And I know for some of you, it's like foreboding to say the word testicle from the pulpit, but you know, there's just there's a lot of testicles in the room. And there's no reason to not talk about it, especially it's in the Bible. Especially since so many of them, so many men offer them up on the altar of the world. So you might as well just go ahead and talk about them. But just celebrate the fact that you can survive the word of God. It has, nothing, it has nothing to do with me. The harshest things that are said, and, by, and for me, none of it's harsh. The truth is not harsh, it's just simply what's true. There's no, re, there's no reason to really put a positive, negative, harsh or non-harsh label on what is true. Because what is true is what is true, and labels really don't matter. But you are, listen, you are a remnant of people that are able to hear it. And, and the thing is, uh, the reason why I bring up the people that are watching is last week there's 400 people watching live with you. 400 people watching live with you. Right now we're just under 300 people that are watching right now. It'll go up, it goes up more and more. And there's a, the reason why I say that is you are not alone. How many people in Northport, Venice, Sarasota County will survive this church is up to you and me. You have to share your faith. There's 856 chairs in here. There's probably 150 to 200 somewhere in there that are empty. So there's 650 people in here, something like that, 700 people in here, whatever it may be. We can pack this place out, but you're, you're going to have to do what this message tells you this morning. If you don't, then you're going to have to go the religious route. And everything that is called non-religious is actually the religious today. Yeah. This is an inverted world. Remember that. And since the wor- and since the church has conformed to the pattern of this world, and does that mean every church? No. There's remnant churches, but it doesn't mean but it doesn't mean that every church is remnant. It doesn't mean that you give rem- remnant credential to anybody who espouses that Jesus is Lord and Savior. Because oftentimes he's not Lord, he's actually just Savior. But the church has bowed, has conformed to the pattern of this world to the antithesis of Romans chapter 12, verse two. How do you know whether or not that they've bowed or they've conformed to the pattern of this world? It's not hard. It's not analytics. It's whatever the world tells them to do, they do. And they're trying to win the world by being the world. You don't win the world by being the world You win the world by being a shining city on a hill. That's how you actually win the world. And Aaron, if you can hear me, don't text me every two seconds. Text me like every 20 minutes. My thing's lighting up with every update. We just went up eight people, so Aaron sent me another thing. This is not the podcast, brother. I love you. Listen, don't worry about Aaron. Don't go up, Tom, Tom really does love you. We don't need that from you. We're good. We're like best friends. We're fine. He can take it. He gives it, he gives it, and he takes it. He's perfectly fine. Believe me. I love how there's people, I don't know what I'm going to say this morning. I've got a message, but who knows what I'm going to say. But I love how there's people that feel like they need to be my filter. They need to be my editor or my censor. You know, what Tom really meant was just don't, you know, don't take Don't worry about it. Let it sit however it sits. You can't change it anyway. People are going to do what people are going to do. Yes. Understand that. Most people are shifting shadows. One day they're this, one day they're that. They're different from when they left the house than when they got to the church. That's the, that's the way that it is. But if you want to actually win the world so that we're not as small as a remnant as as we are, you will have to get in the process to the instant. Now, most of you probably think that we've changed message series from Matthew 11, 11, 12, and from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence and the violent take it by force. No, we're still in there. The most violent action that you can take is instant. That's what violent is. Not talking about beating somebody up, I'm not talking about AR-15s, although I love them. (laughs) The most violent action that you can do is instant change. Instant action, right now. Otherwise you have to conform to the pattern of this world to allegedly win the world even though you're not winning them. You have to become the world to win them and it's antithetical to Jesus. Jesus did not become the world to win them. Have you ever noticed that Jesus did nothing like the modern church? Nothing. He didn't knock on doors. He didn't advertise. He didn't have anything on social media. He doesn't put the squiggly flags out on the road. Doesn't have raffles. Doesn't give away jet skis. How many of you have attended churches that did giveaways? to attract people. Didn't you give uh, backpack giveaways when school starts? Some of you probably think this is a cold hearted church. We don't give away backpacks when school starts. No, I ain't do it, never doing it. Mark, put it down, flag it. I'm not doing it. Again, all you do is end up with hordes of minivan driving soccer moms that just go from one church event to another, looting all the free gear. How would you know that? Well, I've just been doing it for 20 years straight. I know how it works. And I told you this last week. All the pastors get so excited. Do you see how many people came to our backpack giveaway? Yeah, you're giving away free stuff. They're all going to go to the free stuff. That's why we don't have Santa Claus flying over in a helicopter dropping Easter eggs. And by the way, I love Santa. I got Santa stuff all over the house. I wore a shirt yesterday that said Silent Night on it. It had Santa holding a silenced uh, nine millimeter. (laughs) And a nine millimeter with a silencer on it and it said Silent Night. (laughs) I went into a restaurant dressed like that I thought twice about it because I didn't want to end up with a loogie in my food, but I'm like, hey, I'm risking. It. I'm rolling the dice. <laughs> but unless you want to be a religious person, like I said earlier, everything now that is called freedom, it's right out of 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 19. While they promise them liberty, they themselves are slaves of corruption. For by, whom a person is, by, for by whom a person is overcome, by him also he's brought into bondage. All the modern church, liberty, live however you want. Gay, okay. Trans, okay. We want to make you feel comfortable. We want to make you feel loved. Matter of fact, you can be our choir director and be living with a man. That's how it is now. They're promising liberty, but they themselves are actually slaves of corruption. And a lot of you, I, I, I watch the faces. And again, this is an exceptional church, but I'm watching all the faces. And people retract. Well, that sounds like religious sort of works to me when you say things like, you know, gay is not okay. That's not me saying it. That's not me saying it. And listen, if you're, if you're wondering whether or not I'm an uh, a equal opportunity offender, <laughs> well, heterosexual sin will send you right next to this homosexual center, right next to the, the sulfur-filled, worm-filled hell that you'll both go to. That's not me saying that. People recoil, that's not Christ-like. How is the Bible not Christ-like? Don't you, I mean, read First Corinthians chapter 6, verse nine. Don't you know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not, what's the next line? Do not be deceived. Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor homosexuals, nor sodomites, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, for all the margarita Christians, (laughs) nor revilers, nor extortioners, will inherit the kingdom of God. It's not works-based. It's not mean. It's the truth. It is loving for people to get the paddles. Instead of having having a full blown cardiac arrest and me going, I'm saying, "You feeling all right?" While I massage their traps, that's the modern church. You just let the person who die and go straight to hell while you massage them to hell. No, not doing that here. But what happens is, is nobody wants to get in the process, so people turn to religion. And religion is the modern freedom. It's a religious spirit. Do whatever you want to do. That's Catholicism. I grew up in it. How dare you say that? I don't, listen, folks, you need to understand something here. You really need to get this. For those of you that are new, I love you. I really do. But I'm not concerned about your feelings at all. Understand that. You need to understand it's the Bible. I love you and I don't want to hurt you but you need to hear the truth. So things like, how could he say that about Catholics? I just said it. I grew up as a Catholic. It's like, if you're Italian, you can make fun of Italians. If you're white, you can make fun of whites. See, you're afraid. Everyone's so afraid. Afraid to laugh. You're afraid. Not me. I'm not afraid to laugh. I'm already a xenophobic, transphobic, homophobic, racist. Anyway, that's what I've been labeled. So I don't, I don't really care. It, 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 really, it really doesn't matter. But what happens is, I was raised Catholic, and you get the moniker of Christ, but live however you want. I went to all the, I, I was at a funeral, my grandmother's funeral, and watched the priest get hammered. At my grandfather's house. Drunkards will not inherit the kingdom of God. I don't care if you got a little white thing right here. And by the way, Jesus said in Matthew 23, 9, to do, do not call anyone on earth father. Yes. See how it turns into, freedom actually turns into religion. Amen. Do however you want and they end up calling people father. You're me you have some anti-Catholic movement? No, I could care less. I go, listen, at various times for various family functions, I've gone to Catholic churches. I'm fine. I sit in there and worship. If you look at the corruption in the, in the church at Corinth, all kinds of religion going on there? Idolic problems, everything was going on there. You have, to, you have to learn to chew on the meat and spit out the bones. But the thing is, I'll go there and I'll worship, but don't ask me any questions about it because I'll tell you the truth. Tom, what'd you think about the Mary portion? Idolatry. Don't ask, don't ask. I won't tell you. People think I go around espousing my advice everywhere, I don't, I don't. I rarely ever give anybody advice. The only people that get my advice are the ones who are foolish enough to sign up to talk to me. (laughs) And oftentimes they're not at the church for another week or two after they talk to me. Because you're just gonna get the Bible. And then then they're gonna respond with, I believe, or my experience has been and I'll be like, that's worthless. Let God be true and every man a liar. Your experience is actually a lie. Even though it's true, if it didn't conform to the pattern of this world in comparison to the word, it's a lie. Amen. Process to the instant. Jeremiah 29, 11 through 12. Now who wants to get to the instant? Who's tired of the instant being a process? You want healing? You don't get it right away. That's not the will of God. You want, You want... Money now, you want provision now. You need it now, but you're not getting it. You should, probably because you don't tithe, so you got no seed in the ground. Can't get a harvest where there's no seed. And so most Christians, I'll start off with that. Most Christians walk out into an empty field and go, where are the freaking apples? Well, number one, there's no tree. In order to have an apple, you got to have a tree. In order to have a tree, you're going to have to have tilled the ground. And after you've tilled the ground, you've to plant seed in there. But most Christians their whole life, God's going to move. They stand out in an empty field. God's going to move. It's going to happen. Okay, you said that when you were 20. Now you're 47. God still hasn't happened. And they say these prophetic things their whole life. Someday I'm going to see God move in the state of Florida like you've never seen before. He never does, and they blame God. No, blame the farmer. You, plant seed. You can start a revival right now You by yourself without me. You can do it by yourself, but yet you have not because you ask not. God will open the doors for you, but you're going to have to walk through them, and you're going to have to enter into the process. Jeremiah 2911 and 12, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a the future. Then you will call upon me and come and pray to me and I will listen to you. Now if people ever even get to verse 12, it's amazing. Usually it's just Jeremiah 29 11. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. <laughs> That's where they stop. They don't even look, they don't, they don't read the rest, because here comes the process. People don't want the process. They want to be endlessly entertained. And nowadays it's worse than ever, and you're like, Tom, you talk about this all the time. I know, I'm doing it on purpose, trying to set you free. From being, I mean, I go, it gets confirmed whenever I go out of town, and I just, Aaron and I were talking about this in the hotel lobby yesterday. And he, like, Don't you? he goes, I just love watching people. I said, yeah, I do too. We're both watching people. We're looking at him. Some guy walked by and he's wearing his shoes, like with his flat tires. You know, he would, just wouldn't slide his shoes all. He says, so he's walking like this. And I'm like, you look like a gay man. <laughs> a feminine man. Like, I'm like. <laughs> I'm like. And I said to Aaron, why doesn't he just put his shoes on? <laughs> slide the things in like, what does this have to do with the message? I have no idea, but I just, (laughs) but everywhere I go, I just watch people, and everybody's the same now. All a bunch of mind-numb drones staring at a black thing. But I look, and there's like, I saw a lot of kids around, some kind of baseball tournament they were holding, or the teams were staying at the hotel. And there's kids, and they're still playing. They're running around and playing. Like some kid like bumped into a guy cause they were like playing hide and go seek and stuff. I'm like, I'm glad he bumped into us. I'm glad they're playing. At least they're not sitting there sending each other text messages, yes. sitting four feet apart, yes. staring at a screen. I'm glad they're still playing. Boys, boys are still boys. There's still hope, but people don't want the process. They just want, they just want the, the words, the, they want the fun words. The words that bring them some sort of, for I know the plans I have for you. Oh, good, then I could just not do anything then. God has his plans. Plans, plans. Remember, now remember the five-letter word, plans to prosper you. Didn't it say he's going to prosper you? Plans to prosper you. Plans to give you hope in a future and not to harm you, right? Those are his plans. Verse 12, then you will call upon me and come and pray to me and I will listen to you. Most Christians are afraid to pray proper prayers because they don't think they're Christ-like. They don't wanna pray for victory because they don't think victory is Christ-like. They think losing is Christ-like. They must have thought Jesus lost. When he had spoken these things, while they beheld, he was taken up and a cloud received them out of their sight. Acts 1-9. Did he lose? That was after his resurrection. Not only does he get resurrected, he gets to fly off in a cloud and you think he lost? Now thanks be unto God, which always causes us to triumph in Christ. In the second part of the verse, and maketh manifest the Sabbath of his knowledge by us in every place. Christ is known by us by our victories. By you driving a brand new car, by you paying off your mortgage, by you being healthy and wealthy, by you funding other people's needs, he's Christ is known by you walking in authority and in power. The key to humility is to have power and not flaunt it, not to be powerless. I'm just so, I'm just so humble. No, you're just so worthless. You don't help anybody. You're just humble. You have buried your talent in the sand. Then you will call upon me and come and pray to me and I will listen to you. People think they pray, but they don't. You pray on earth as it is in heaven. Period. When the streets are gold... What should your streets look like? If there's no disease, then what should your body look like? Well, that hurts me because I've had disease. Why does it hurt you when I'm giving you when I am giving you hope? God wants you well. For I know the plans he wants you well. Question is, will you reach out and grab it? Verse 13, nobody ever reads, ever. And ye shall seek me and find me when you shall search for, for me with all your heart. Amen. Now let me explain that to you really quick because it parallels with Hebrews eleven six. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh, to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Does he reward you because you diligently seek him? Don't answer that out loud. He doesn't. He rewards you because when you diligently seek him, you dispel unbelief. He doesn't go, oh man, I'm really impressed with your prayer and fasting. I'm gonna reward you. You've really diligently sought me this week, Tom. I'm gonna reward you. No, it just enables me to receive that which I already have through the dispelling of unbelief. Now I can believe. Because I've prayed, because I've fasted, because I diligently sought him. You shall seek me and find me when you shall search for me with all your heart. Really ask yourself this question. Do I, don't ask it about your wife. Don't ask it about your friends. Don't ask it about your pastor or your church. Ask yourself, do I do that? Do I seek him with all that I have? And listen, that's not five minutes a day. It's not all day either. Because then it becomes a cop-out. Well, I live a lifestyle of prayer. (laughs) That's not the model of prayer. That's not the model of prayer. I just live a lifestyle of prayer. I've heard people say that before, and they accomplish nothing. It's that's not how Jesus prayed. Well, how did Jesus pray? Let's go over it. Mark chapter, one, no, you guys don't have any of these. You're just flowing into my beautiful mind. In the morning, rising up a great while before day, he went out and departed into a solitary place, and there prayed. Does that say that he has a, a lifestyle of prayer? No, he had a designated time of prayer. In the morning, rising up a great while before day, he went out and departed into a solitary place alone and prayed. Well, my wife and I, we always get together and pray. It's because it's really just a hand-holding hug session. There's no tongues talking. There's no, there's no prophecy. There's no power. It's just you cracking open the daily bread and reading that and the designated Bible verse that goes along with it. That's our, I hate the term. I hate it. That's our devotional I hate that word. You're like, Tom, what, what is it you don't hate? I don't know. <laughs> if you've done a daily devotional for 14 straight years and there's no power, to continue to do that is insanity. It's not working. You shall seek me and find me when you shall search for me with all of your heart. Depart into a solitary place and there pray alone am i saying there's no place for husbands and wives to pray together absolutely is but you have an alone relationship with god and since nobody is married in heaven you might want to get with who is your actual spouse since you are the bride of christ alone and remember what it says in matthew chapter 6 verse 6 Go into your room and when you have shut the door, pray to your father who's in the secret place and your father who sees you in secret will reward you openly. Amen. That's what you do. Now, well, I just live a lifestyle of prayer so whenever I'm just driving down the road and something pops into my head, I just start praying. Listen, that's fine to do, but you're going nowhere with it. You're gonna to have to get alone with God and seek him with all of your heart. Because half the reason why you live a lifestyle prayer is prayers, you can't be alone. You can't be alone with God. It has to be some music playing. has to be somebody with you. has to be some sort of sound. You're like, Tom, you're mean. I'm not mean. I'm reading you Bible verses. This is me. I would prefer it to be something else. I would prefer to be nicer. A lot of you, it looks on your faces, that's not true. You like being mean. I don't like, I don't like being any meaner than anybody else. That's what the Bible says. So if you want the instant then you're gonna to have to go through the process. You're gonna have to seek him, search for him. Why do we do it in all other areas of life except for our spiritual life? We seek for, we, there's a lot of people, man, they're on, they're on a man or woman hunt right now. I'm on a spouse hunt. Where are all the women? Where are all the men? Is there a singles group at this church? No. Is there ever gonna be? I don't know, I'm not starting it obviously. I started a young, group, young married group one time, and nobody came, including the person who told me to start it. That's <laughs> an absolute fact, by the way. That's not just a funny story. That's an absolute fact. His name is Brent. Brent came up to me, who's, who by the way is now divorced. Begged me to start a, a young married group. And I said, I finally gave in, even though I had no time to do it, full time at the sheriff's office doing this too. I started it, and he didn't come. Other people did come, so they did come. There were other couples that did come, so people did. Not a whole lot, but people did come. But people are on all sorts of hunts right now, but they don't hunt, they don't hunt God down. They don't, they don't, you shall seek me. Seek him and find me. How do you find him? When you search for me. Search for me with all of your heart. Uh, a lot of us in this room, we think we've cornered the market. We think we know everything. There's no fruit that verifies that. How do you know everything and there's no fruit that verifies it? You're somebody that whenever anybody gives you advice, you, you start off with those vaunted two words. I know, I know. How do you know if there's no evidence that you know? Amen. This is the right church for you, believe it or not. You might be as mad as a hornet right now, and the only reason why you haven't got up is you're afraid of the embarrassment of getting up and leaving. Here's the thing. This is exactly what you need. Jesus instantly raised the dead. Instantly won the lost. Instantly fed the hungry, 5,000. Instantly gave sight to the blind. Instantly healed the condition of blood. Instantly drove out the demons. Instantly filled the boat full of fish. Instantly walked on water. You're like you said those last week. I know, I'm laying groundwork again to get to this one, which I didn't get to last week. Next on the list, Jesus instantly walked in authority. Do most Christians walk in authority or submission? We ought to be able to easily answer that question over the last 45 months and 15 days to flatten the curve. Every time I drive, I drove by some churches in Orlando and I'm looking at them and I'm going, I wonder how bad they caved. As I didn't hear one church in Orlando, there was one that I know of, and of course the Rodney Howard Brown uh, orbit, they stood. But other than that, nobody. These gorgeous, monstrous, multi, multi, multi-million dollar churches that just cave. They walk in an authority? Is that authority? You walk in authority with a muzzle on your face? I'm walking in authority, no longer a slave to fear, written on my mask. Walking in authority, I'm a flute player in the band with a slit cut in my mask. It's not walking in authority. So, the answer to the question is do most Christians, I'm not trying to, if you walk in authority, I'm not talking to you right now. I don't walk in perfection, but I do walk in authority. I have faults and I have failings, evident for many people to see at different times. However, I do walk in authority. Where do I get this from? Matthew chapter seven, 28 and 29. Jesus walked in authority. And so it was when Jesus had ended these sayings that the people were astonished at his teaching for he taught them as one having authority, not as the scribes. He was actually asked by the Pharisees and Sadducees, by what authority do you preach? Now again, a lot of us, we have an idyllic view of Jesus instead of an emulation of Jesus. Look what Jesus did. You're supposed to do what Jesus did. You're a joint heir, from whom much is given, much is demanded. You're a joint heir with Jesus. You are commanded to walk in authority. Not, not look at Jesus and go, wow, he was amazing. Listen, we should go, wow, he's amazing. And yes, we should worship him, of course, but we should be emulating him. Otherwise, we're not Christ-like. It's Christ-like to walk in authority. Let me tell you this. This is a side note. Worship is a key to understanding authority. How many of you worship your butts off this morning? You're in the process. Congratulations. Congratulations. Prayer, Bible study, worship, fellowship. You are in the process. Because worship teaches you about authority. And just so you know, we're going to get to this in a minute. Authority is everything. It's everything. Worship teaches you. You're going, I worship you, Lord. You are the authority. It teaches you that. It sinks it deep into your being. Hebrews 12, 28 and 29. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us worship God acceptably with reverence and awe for our God is a consuming fire. It actually teaches you how to worship. In this holiday season, what about Matthew two eleven? On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary and they bowed down and worshiped him. The kings with authority worshiped the greater authority, thereby teaching them about authority. Here comes the next thing out of the World Economic Forum. That has no power over me because I understand authority. Here comes the next economic collapse. That doesn't mean anything to me because I'm not part of the Biden economy. I operate in heavenly authority. If you don't get it, you put a mask on and you're on your seventh vaccination. Think about how stupid it is. You're like, Tom, can't you ever get off of COVID? No. Look at me. If it bothers you, no. Why, Why won't I get off of it? Why won't I get off it? Because they're all, listen, watch watch any White House press briefing and look at all the idiots that are masked right now. Knowing it does nothing, that's not authority. What did the Christians do? What did every church in this area do, including the one that was housed here before we bought the building? We have, we have their paraphernalia. They put it all over my office. I don't know if it was Heather or Travis or who it was, but they stuck it all over my office. They had stickers that you stuck on the ground. Please stand here. So you're, please stand six feet apart. You're a, you're a freaking clown show. Don't. Don't blaspheme the name of Jesus and then stand six, six, six feet apart. And if you did it, then you need to say something to yourself out loud. Man, I was stupid. I've done it. Every time I'm stupid, I say I'm stupid. And believe me, I've been a connoisseur of stupid. You don't come up here and preach that you wasted 50 out of 55 years and not done a whole lot of stupid. Do you think I'm coming down on you? No, I'm just trying to set you free. I just acknowledge that I do stupid stuff too. I just acknowledge it and you don't, why? Because your pride's going before your own destruction. At least you're gonna be stupid, come out and say you're stupid. We don't use stupid in our house. You ought to, well, you know what? You need to unleash that bad boy. <laughs> <laughs> it's time for that verbiage to be free in your house. It's all yours, all of this. Ephesians 1.3, Romans 8.32, it's all yours. Everything, all power, all authority is yours. you're you're, listen a lot of people are afraid to try it I always try it I've I I found an alligator dead on the side of the road I could tell it was a fresh kill and I felt bad for him so I sat there for 15 minutes tried to raise him from the dead I tried to raise my father-in-law from the dead I listen because that is the call of God a lot of people think that's outlandish why is it outlandish when that's what Jesus did Well, I believe you're going a step too far. Okay, well, you can take that up with the Holy Ghost. Please do. Please, like Ananias and Sapphira did, you take it up with the Holy Ghost. Because the Holy Ghost doesn't speak on his own authority. Whatever he hears, he speaks, and he will tell you things to come. That's just the Bible verse, John chapter 16, verse 13. It's all yours, but it's all a choice. Are you going to get into the process? You're going to have to be willing to be corrected. You're going to have to be willing to hear that you did stupid things. I hear him all the time my wife tells me whenever I'm stupid (laughs) people think because I'm up here and I say you know what I am the man of my house and I run the house she'll tell you I run the house I do run the house but that doesn't mean she doesn't have the right to come up and tell me you're being a a stupid this is where I miss cussing (laughs) A, a stupid donkey's rear end she doesn't cuss either she will She'll correct me in public, yell at me in public, whatever. If she thinks I'm being stupid, she'll tell me. I don't listen at the moment. I come back and apologize later. That's what stupid people do. (laughs) You you do the text that I've done 500 times in our marriage. Um, I know you really don't want to hear from me right now, but... uh, Can we talk later? (laughs) She always, she's graceful. She emulates Jesus, so. She lets me back. But it's all yours, and it's all your choice. He lays it out for you, Deuteronomy 30, 19. I call heaven and earth as witnesses today against you. Against us. That's not what we we say at Hyper Grace Fellowship. I know, because Hyper Grace Fellowship is actually a synagogue of Satan. Most churches are. I know you're afraid to say it but that's what the bible says too at that time many will turn away from the faith and will betray and hate each other because of the increase and many false prophets will appear and deceive many people because of the increase of wickedness the love of most will grow cold but he who stands for to the end will be saved and that's a remnant didn't say it can't be thousands we can have thousands in this church we're going to have thousands in this church there's there's 900 here today in this building we will I can tell you, we're gonna pop in 2024. I sense it in my spirit. Watch it. May end up with two services in here. I'll be preaching twice again. Which I actually enjoyed because I preached, actually preached two different messages. So I didn't really mind it. So Deuteronomy, yeah, you can stay for two. Deuteronomy 30:19. I call heaven and earth as witnesses today against you, that I have set before you life and death, Blessing and cursing set before you at your table. For some of you, that blessing is correction. When you hear somebody tell you there's no evidence of you being right. You just have to eat it. I did. I just looked in 50 years. There's really no evidence of me being right. 16 straight years in this church of 150 to 200 people. 16 years back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. So God sent me Rodney Howard Brown. And then, so 16 years, 150, 250 people, somewhere in there, my wife will correct me on the numbers. Not 200, it was really way over that. Okay, 150 to 250, back and forth, back and forth. There's no evidence of me being correct. None. So when he sent me a corrector, I didn't just, um, Pastor Rodney, can I schedule an appointment? I grabbed a hold of him and clung down and just grabbed hold of him and said, you're mine. Finally, somebody can tell me what to do. And it wasn't like, listen, there was no doubt during those times who ran the church, and people would even kill it for what I had. They would, there's lots of pastors that have had 21 people for 21 years. But I wasn't happy, and I was okay with being corrected. You're like, you seem like the most impossible person to correct. No, listen, people who operate in authority like I do are great with correction. Because you understand authority. If I'm receiving it from RHB, Rodney Howard Brown grabs you by the arm and says, let me tell you something. I go, what do you want to tell me? It's like Psalm 27. When When the Lord tells me to seek his face, thy face, Lord, I will seek. Lord says, Seek ye my face? Thy face, Lord, I will seek. I'm not going to tell Yahweh, You want me to seek your face? No, thanks. Not today, God. You're going to need to be okay with a correction. Ask yourself, Is there any evidence of me being correct? I'm mom of the year. Okay, now, okay, if you're mom of the year, what's the evidence? I'm not just mom of the year, I'm mom of the decade. What's the evidence? There could be, and you might be. You might be. I've seen, I've seen lots of parents in this church who are better parents than I am. You might be, but maybe you're not, because delusion is believing something with no evidence to verify it. That's delusion. You're welcome. Right church for you. Awkward silence. That he sets before us life and death. I call heaven and earth as witnesses today against you that I have set before you life and death. It's right there, table set before you in the presence of your enemies. Life and death. Blessing and cursing. Then what do you have to do? Choose. Most never do. They just sit there with the table in front of them. Like a like like a Christmas tree with a hundred presents underneath it. And you just sit there and go, man, I wish I had presents. Awkward silence again. <laughs> it's right there. There's your presence. That's right. You just sit there. Man, I wish I had a presence. Right there. Unwrap those bad boys. Man, I just wish I had a presence. You have to do something. That's right. They're wrapped. They're sitting under the tree. And I just wish that I had this. It's right there. But you have to go unwrap it. You have to get into the process to make the instant no longer a process. Luke 9, one and two. Then he called his 12 disciples together and gave them power and authority over all devils. I'm so sick of seeing Christians honor devils. That's a powerful demon. What are you talking about? That's literally like saying, man, that's a powerful ant. Man, that's a powerful ant. I had to use my whole thumb to squish that bad boy. He's, they're under your feet. Yes. Over all demons. And people are all right with that because it's, ambigu- it's ambiguous. Because most Christians don't, don't have to face devils. Because they're not a big enough threat to the kingdom of hell. They're just nice and inoculated. They got their masks on. They're seven times vaccinated. They close upon command. All those different things. They're totally harmless to Satan's kingdom. So they don't, he doesn't dispatch. Devils are not omnipresent they have to be used judiciously they're not going to send them I, I see people all the time devil's just all over me like, why would he be all over you You don't even tithe you haven't even crossed the tithe bridge which by the way if you tithe it says that it will rebuke the devourer for your sake Amen. Malachi 3 8 through 11 I wonder why if you're claiming the devil's on you well I guess the reason why is because you don't tithe and you're not getting the devourer rebuked for your sake There's another pastor after my money. Have you seen an offering plate? How am I after your money without an offering plate, without an offering singer? (laughs) Coming up here and sing the Via Rosa" for the offering, (laughs) down the way of offering. I made that up. Don't go home and check. Tom was wrong. I'm making that up. That's a joke. Heather will get an email. You know, Pastor Tom was wrong on this. I'd like to schedule an appointment. No, we're good. <laughs> he gave them power and authority over all devils and to cure diseases. Yes. Nobody talks about that. Nobody ever uses this verse anyway because Christians actually think it's not Christ-like to have authority. Christians think it's Christ-like to be used and abused over and over again. When the Bible tells you exactly the opposite. And not just the Bible tells you exactly the opposite, Jesus tells you exactly the opposite. Give not that which is holy unto the dogs. Amen. Tom, I, I remember my former worship leader, and I've told you this a thousand times, but I'll just tell you one more time, getting so upset with me because I quoted John 2.15, where Jesus made a whip of cords and drove, out, drove the people out of the temple. Because Tom, do you realize that you told people today in church that Jesus whipped people? And I turned to him, I said, you know why? Because he did. Numb nuts. (laughs) I didn't say numb nuts, though. He did whip people. Sorry. But to him, his version of convoluted, humanistic love trumped actual love which was Jesus put it weaving a whip of cords and driving them out of the temple. That was love for them. That's what they needed. What do you need? He's come, may, may, will he come with fire? Will he come with a hug? He might. That may be what you need. Been hugged by the Holy Ghost. It's great. It's fantastic. I love it. I'll take it. I, I, listen, I, I love when the Holy Ghost tells me I'm doing things right. I love the affirmation. But as much as I embrace that, I embrace the conviction. And you're like, Tom, you preach as if you're perfect. By far, not even close. I'm just telling you what I do. I fail far too often. I fail far too often, but what I don't do is ever make excuses about it. And I don't call it a life lesson. Well, you know, I learned some things there. No, it's just a failure. You You don't actually learn that way. You're like, you learn through your losses. You can learn through your losses, but you never have to lose. Plus, all you need to do is go to everybody else's losses. There has to be some losers in your life. Right? There's gotta be some, come on, it's Christmas time. You're about to go meet with all of them. Just say, whatever they do, I'm not going to do. There's always those people in your life. It's the Costanza principle, remember? From Seinfeld. That George found his new religion. That every instinct he ever had was wrong, so now he just does the opposite of all his instincts. That's what you do. He's given us all these things. He's set before us life and death, blessings and cursings. He simply says, choose life. But do most Christians operate in authority? You can just simply say to anything, move. And it has to move. Be cast into the sea. It has to be. And you may be thinking, well, I've failed at this. Or maybe the problem is you don't say that you failed. So whether you've addressed it or not, but I'll just make it for ease of conversation, you say, you know what, I've tried that and it hasn't worked or I've tried that and it's failed. Everybody please needs to understand what the word supplication means. If you failed, you go back and you do it again. Look at me now over and over and over again. Go dip yourself in the River Jordan again. Don't give up. Don't go to the heretics. Don't go to the heresy. Do it again. Over and over and over again. Why is it? Listen, we give God a week, and we give the devil and our carnality decades. God, can't you fix this in a day? No. How does God work? God works by faith. God could have done it if he wanted to. Nope, he put himself under a covenant. In order for God to do it just because he wants to do it, he'd have to cease being Yahweh, because he'd become a liar. He has to operate through your dispelling of unbelief. That comes from correction. Not just being corrected. Some people that attend this church are so used to being battered by me, it's like battered wife syndrome. We should open up a shelter here. (laughs) They're just so used to it that they don't even, it doesn't bother them at all, but they never respond to it. Tom was tough today. That was a message for me. Okay, what'd you do with it? I remember Pastor Rodney, I was up there, at the last conference, but he talked about being in a rut. And I'm like, man, that's me, I'm in a rut. It's all that's in my head. I'm not letting go of it. I'm not saying I'm out of the rut. I'm out of it in areas, but I'm not out of the rut. But it's in my head, and I'm crawling, and I'm pickaxing and getting my way out of that rut. Most people just hear the man, oh, that was good. Yeah, I'm in a rut. I'm in a rut. It's a good message, staying in the rut, but it's a great message. (laughs) I'm going to open a restaurant. It's called the Rut Hut. And... uh, (laughs) We have jalapeno poppers and various other American entrees. Do most Christians operate in authority? COVID told us no. Why would you ever put a mask on when you are a joint heir? Some of us, we need to to watch some of those mafia movies, how some of those Dons walk around. As long as your pride's in him, you're not being prideful. You need to have a little bit of a strut to you. When I was, in the the midst of COVID, I said, I mean, probably the most, by Christian terms, by religious terms, the most outlandish blasphemous things according to their religion not blaspheming the bible blaspheming their religion from the pulpit people how could you possibly be that way because we walk in authority i'm not i'm not bowing to a cold it's a cold the coronavirus is a cold i'm not bowing to a cold i'm not going to strap on the universal symbol of submission God has my mark ready, my new name, my rock with my name on it. I'm not putting on the devil's swastika. I'm not doing it. Now, Aaron, you haven't sent me one other. I told you. Okay. Thank you. Come on, Aaron. I tell him that. He sends me nothing. The last one was 51 minutes ago. I said every 20 minutes. Nobody ever does what I ask him to do. <laughs> Hope's running interference. He's been busy. He's been busy. He probably has. Probably the whole thing's blowing up back there, and Aaron's like Davy Jones. <laughs> Got to have Aaron teach other people what he does because without Aaron here, <laughs> I, <laughs> I, don't have, I hope Travis knows how to do stuff because I don't know how to do anything <laughs> without Aaron. <laughs> That's not walking in authority, is it? See how I point out my own hypocrisy? My hypocrisy knows no limits. Tombstone. <laughs> Give you the appropriate quotes. Gotta be Seinfeld, tombstone. It's like I told you last night. Do most, do most people walk in authority? It's like last night. I'm driving down. I'm just, I mean, driving is the ultimate example of dumbness, it really is. If you're going to drive slow, I have no problem with driving slow. It's raining. Everybody knows it's raining. I mean, I've never actually, rarely have I ever seen it rain. All the way from Orlando to Englewood. Straight. But it was. And so, especially in the epicenter of dumbness, Disney. Um, for those of you who love Disney, that's on you. That's on you. Do what you want. I don't make people, I don't try to enforce my own boycotts on people. If you wanna go, go right ahead. Because listen, there's, you can be like really ardent. You know, people go to Disney, whatever. Okay, well you're going to Walmart. So you need to look where Walmart sends their money. You wanna talk about grooming? And, and I'll probably be, in some form or fashion, at Walmart today. Not me, because I'll send my wife, but. Some form or fashion. I'll be at Walmart. So you've always got to watch your own hypocrisy. Now Disney, I've just drawn the line and said, you know what, for me, Disney goes bye-bye. Disney goes bye-bye. So when I'm driving through the in Kissimmee, you just can always tell the level of intelligence with a driver. Okay, there's four lanes. Four, I mean, FFL, four freaking lanes and you're gonna drive in the left lane at 17 under. And I was like in a really horrid mood anyway, so I'm just flashing my lights. That's when you know I'm being like a real whatever. And then drive by and I just rip the horn on him. And that's where I miss cussing, because you know what my window would be rolled down doing right at that moment too. Double fisted, non-family friendly, Dan Bongino. Don't do that anymore. I repented of it a long time ago. But I do miss it in that moment. Just being honest, that's my carnality. I do miss it. <laughs> Operating in authority makes you the opposite of stupid. What's the beginning of wisdom? Oh man, for say it louder, brother. Scream it. Fear the Lord. Boom! Fear of the Lord, Proverbs 9 10, is the beginning of being smart operating in authority and authority again is everything it's everything John chapter 14 7 through 11 if you had known me Jesus speaking you would have known my father also everybody heard that right because Philip's about to pull a dum-dum and from now on you know him and have seen him If you had known me, you know Yahweh. And from now on, you know Yahweh and have seen Yahweh. Philip said to him, Lord, show us Yahweh. (laughs) Presents are under the tree. I wish I had presents. There they are. Get up and go unwrap them. Show us the Father. Jesus said to him, verse nine now, have I been with you so long and, you had, and yet have not known me, Philip? And yet you have not known me, Philip? He who has seen me has seen the Father. So how can you say, show us the Father? Extract yourself. Extract yourself from the mundane. Extract yourself from refusing to see, because there's some portrait that you need to preserve. Let it go. We're all nothing without him. We're all nothing. I don't care how good looking you are. I don't care how talented you are. You realize that people who can sing the lights out and they walk around in pride and arrogance, they need to read 1 Corinthians 4, 7. For who makes you different from another? And what do you have that you did not receive? So if you did indeed receive it, why do you boast as if you did not receive it? Tiger Woods was Tiger Woods because of God. God gave it to him. Now he trained it and made it great, which is what hardly any Christians do. They're given everything and do nothing with it. Except attend men and women that do things with it. They just attend it. And we're all supposed to attend, and we're all supposed to be, and I attend things. I go to every conference at the river. I attend. There's nothing wrong with that. But you have to receive, and you have to be metamorphosized. Amen. If things aren't different now than they were five days ago, something's wrong. He's a consuming fire. Fire's not slow. It's instant. Consuming fire now. That should bring you comfort that life can be different tomorrow. But you're going to have to jump in. You're going to have to make 180-degree turns now. Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Ephesians 5:15 15, and 16. Verse 10, John chapter 14, verse 10. Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father in me? Back to authority now. That was dumb. Now we're back to authority. The words that I speak to you, I do not speak on my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me does the works. Are we going to emulate him or not? Tom, he said that the father's in him. Um, Father's in you too, he's called the Holy Ghost. So are you going to emulate Jesus or just say how great Jesus was and waste your talent? Not even gain interest from the talent. For me, I want to emulate Jesus. That's why I sat there on the side of the road with that alligator. You're like, why did you care about the alligator? Because he's cute. He's a little guy. He's cute. And I love animals. So I'm not the first animal I've tried to raise from the dead and probably won't be the last one considering my dog kills every animal it sees. (laughs) Pulled off a squirrel's tail a couple days ago. I know, it's horrible. I felt terrible. Stupid squirrel, it's like suicidal. I tried to save them all. If you're gonna run right out of Malamal, they'd come running out of the woods charging at my dog because he wasn't paying attention. I'm like, I just, I was 50 yards back. I'm like, what am I gonna do now? (laughs) Chased him down and pulled his tail off. that's sad. I hate it, but I I hope I had to talk me off the ledge as I go walking by the house. Something wrong? Yeah, something's bothering me. I said, the stupid dog caught a squirrel and pulled his tail off. She goes, okay, now, I know you care about the squirrel. But let's make sure that we keep this in proper priority here. I'm not perfect. Heather's laughing because she knows who I am. You gotta be more like Heather is. Heather really loves animals, but she would move on quickly, you know? Of course, it helps that Heather doesn't have a soul, so. That's why Heather and Hope are so close. They're two soulless people. And I was going, don't be jealous. She doesn't care. She, if, you don't, if you don't have a soul, you don't care that people say you don't have a soul. It doesn't bother you at all. Right off the bat. They don't, they're unbothered. I've actually never seen Heather bothered. Never bothered, like bothered, like something's consumed her. You know, nothing. My wife's the same way. Nothing consumes hope. It's like, what are we doing? Move forward, move forward. What's the next step? I'm back there trying to write sad songs. and I'm not a musician. <laughs> I forgot where I am John 14 verse 11 believe me that I am in the Father and the Father in me you're the same way you're the exact same way nevertheless I tell you the truth it is to your advantage that I go away for if I do not go away the helper will not come but if I depart I will send him to you and when he has come he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment he sent to you The Father is in you, and you are in the Father. Whatever you say will happen, if you only believe. Well, I've tried that, it didn't work. That's because of unbelief. Keep going, do it again, do it again, and after that, do it again. Kenneth Hagin said this, if you're willing to stand for a lifetime, God will do it instantly. Can anyone else have it? Can anyone else have this authority? We know Jesus had it. Anybody in Jesus can have it. And I'll head towards the end with this. Matthew chapter eight, verses five through 10. As matter of fact, I'll end right here. Now I gotta get through five verses first. So it's 1207, what that means, I don't know. But this is gonna be it. Now when Jesus had entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him. Now you're gonna hear me quote this in different translations. Because I've memorized most of these verses, but in all different translations throughout the years. So don't think that the church, that these guys are blowing it up. It's me blowing it up. A centurion came to him asking for help in the New King James. It says, pleading for help. He said, Lord, my servant is, lies at home paralyzed and in terrible suffering. It says, I'll just read it. Because I'm, I've got my own memorized version of it and I have it sitting here in the non-memorized version in front of me. Lord, my servant is lying home paralyzed, dreadfully tormented. And Jesus said to him, I will come and heal him. And most of us would have done what? Just like all the religious, oh, I get to have Jesus in my house. That's gross to Jesus. You're like, how could it be gross to Jesus? Because that's not the covenant. That's not what he wants. He doesn't want you because that's why he just said, it's to your advantage that he goes away. Because he wants you, he doesn't want a person encased in flesh, even Yahweh encased in flesh. He doesn't want you to want that encased in flesh Yahweh everywhere. Like they are, like that's how how Muslims are. That's why they all go to Mecca. They all got to go to the tomb of Muhammad. They've got to follow a carnal creature. Jesus doesn't want that. And I don't mean carnal that he was carnal of the five senses, but he was encased in carnal flesh. He didn't want that. He wants you to understand authority. And Jesus said to him, I'll come and heal him. It's just Jesus testing the guy. He knew what was gonna happen. The centurion answered him and said, Lord, I am not worthy that you should come under my roof, but only speak a word and my servant will be healed. That's how he wants you to be. Not, oh, I just want a divine visit of Jesus. He'll do it because he loves you to some people, but it's not what he wants. You already have it. That's the Christmas tree with the Christmas presents and you're refusing to open them. You already have it. Well, I don't feel it. That's irrelevant. Do you really think Jesus felt like getting nailed to a cross? Man, I just woke up that day and I was just really looking forward to some, some uh, railroad ties being hammered through my ankles. Learn to walk through what doesn't feel right. Learn to walk through it because oftentimes that's your carnal synapsis firing. That's not right. That's not right. That's not right. It's actually right. Because you're deceived. And we're all like that to some degree. Everybody's like that. It depends on how far you are along the process. How 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 much of the four E's have you implemented? Four essentials, prayer, Bible study, worship, and fellowship every day. How much are you willing to receive correction? Do you spurn it or do you receive it? Verse 9, for I am am a man under authority, having soldiers under me. And I say to this one, go, and he goes, and to another, come and he comes, and to my servant, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard it, he marveled and said to those who followed, Assuredly, I say to you, I have not found such great faith, not even in Israel. That is a man, this was a centurion, it's a Roman soldier. And he had greater faith because faith is authority than any any hebrew anywhere why he just understand understood authority the process takes you to authority worship team you guys can make your way the process takes you to authority but the process is hardcore it's not hard It's just hardcore. Is it really hard to jump off a cliff? It's not hard. It's hardcore. I don't know if my buddy Adam is in here today. He's a skydiver. I'm looking to see if he raises his hand in here. I don't see him in here. He's not here? here? Okay. Oh, there's mom. Hey, there you are. Hey, good to see you. So he's, he's crazy. He jumps out of airplanes. Regularly. It's not, it's not hard to do it. It's just hardcore to do it. You see the difference? It's not hard, you're just leaping out of it. There's an open hole. 20,000 feet. Air. And you. I ain't doing it. I don't like, I don't like being in first class on a jumbo liner. Let alone jump out of the freaking thing. Aaron, Aaron amuses himself at my suffering on airplanes. He sits there and looks at me, and I'm over there like, and you're like Tom. You're not. You're not. I'm not perfect. I I'm praying in tongues. I sit close to Hope because I know Hope has great faith, and if she survives there's a high probability that I'll be all right. If that seat makes it, I'm right next to her. Norma has great faith, but I stick her back in coach. (laughs) So we're too far away. (laughs) Back to coach with you. get something out of this get in the process this week right now don't let don't waste today now is the time of god's favor today is the day of salvation amen every head bowed every eye closed praise you lord praise you lord let's get into the process who's hopping in the process raise your hand up high praise you lord for each and every one with an uplifted hand i as their friend i as their pastor i as their brother whatever's applicable lord pray over them right now. Strengthen them, Lord. It's time for change. It's time for things to be diametrically different than they are now. I pray it upon them. Now, Jesus name. Every head bowed, every eye closed. You can put your hands down. If you need to get right with God, now is your time. You already know that you need to get right with him. What determines whether you need to get right with God? Are you living in sin? I didn't say that you struggle. You vacillate. You go in and out. I'm saying, are you living in sin? If you are, now is your time. I'm not making license for vacillating in sin. I'm just telling you that's not a hell-bound condition. Living in sin, Galatians 5, 19 through 21, that is hell-bound. That's a hell-bound condition. If that's you, I don't care if you've been saved 37 years, but right now you're living with a woman, you're going to hell if you die today. Don't let that be you. I'm losing my mic, am I good? I can't hear myself. Don't let it be you. Maybe you've never been saved. Now is your time. Saved just means forgiven. Forgiven of your sin. But it does take a violent action to be saved. You have to ask. Yet you have not because you asked not. So you have to ask for his forgiveness. You have to acknowledge that you're a sinner. And then you have to turn. The man that's speaking before you as Paul, not comparing myself I'm just saying that I'm like him in this area. He's chief among sinners. You don't have to worry about, Tom's gonna know that I'm a sinner. Tom has been chief among sinners. I'm no longer labeled a sinner, but I have been chief among sinners. Well, I've sinned in this way. Well, so what? I might have to. I don't know. So you don't have to be thinking, you know what, I'm too ashamed. It's nothing to be ashamed of because you have a redeemed sinner trying to save somebody who's not redeemed yet. That's all. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, it's time for you to come home. Are you ready to come home? It's time for you to come home. Leave everything else behind in repentance. If you need to get right with God, you need to have your sins forgiven, backslidden Christian or brand new believer, now is your time. If that's you, proudly. Don't be sheepish. Proudly. Stretch your hand in the air right now that's you. Put them up there, come on. Come on, I'm not gonna do anything. I'm not gonna bring you forward. I'm not gonna embarrass you. I promise you, I got you, got you, got you, got you, got you, got you. God bless you, put them down. Those of you that lifted up your hands, we're all gonna pray a prayer and we're all gonna pray it out loud with you. So you pray it, pray it directly to God in Jesus' name. And all your sins, they're gone. They're separated from you as far as the east is from the west. Forgiven as well as forgotten pray this prayer. Here we go. Lord Jesus, I ask you right now to come into my life and be my Lord and be my Savior. I ask you to forgive me for all of my sins, and I now turn from them. And I give you my life from this day on, in Jesus' name. Amen. Substantial amount of people had their hands up right there.